Hey, Jake. Yeah? What would you call a camel that has no hump? What? Humphrey. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to episode 215 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dukesman, I'm your host, and as always, I'm joined by my permanent co-host, Amanda Farah, the Princess of Power. How are you? I'm good, all things considered. All things considered. I think, well, the Fire Nation is attacking. The Fire Nation is definitely attacking. So until the Fire Nation is defeated, we're all, I think all things considered is just like just appended it's just it's just feel, what we have i feel like i'm part of the water tribe like the southern water tribe because I, I don't know too many canadians in america that are dealing with this nonsense so i'm like i feel like i'm all by myself yeah but you're not because you're with us we're it's not canadian true. but you it's said true. once that i was an honorary canadian because i you do are. apologize a lot um you do. i don't like hockey enough that's okay all right, is that like I don't, one of those... I don't those... know anybody that likes hockey as, as much okay. as I do. Like okay. when I'm at home, I yell at the television like an old man. That sounds that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, have you gotten to the point where you miss hockey enough that you set up NHL and had CPUs play CPUs? No, I don't miss no? it that much. Because no. I've, I've honestly... I'm too, I'm too busy, man. I'm too busy. Because I'm going to be real. Let... Um, I, start, I, I was in a Facebook group and someone suggested that, and I kind of want to do it. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> we'll talk more about that next week on Video Game Podcast. Stupid ways to play video games or interact with them. Also joining us is, uh, what's her title again, Amanda? The Mistress of Magnificence. The Mistress of Magnificence. <laughs> Linda Robo, I'm going to need you to repeat it because I'm never going to pronounce it correctly. Um, Linda, how are you? I am tired. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> a teacher a and on. a mom teacher. Um, so, so, yeah. Thank you for that. Literal saint. <laughs> Literal saint. Literal superhero. Uh, let me um, tell you how hard it is to do Google Classroom with seven-year-olds. Just saying. Listen, I think that it's tough to do Google That's stuff. That's why I'm very, I'm very hands-on with my seven-year-old. I'm like, I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't trust you to do this right, or to pay attention, or to read, or to care. I don't yeah. have trust you to do any of these things, so I will care extra hard and be really tired at the end of the day to the point where I need, like, a drink. Um, Understood. Yeah. I'm just drinking so water tonight, so. The, um, my fun thing that I'm learning about is learning how other kids are in Google Classroom. Because I have, as everyone knows, I have a 14-year-old, and I have an 11-year-old, and I have a 7-year-old. And the 14-year-old is in class with some interesting characters. And their characterness is finding, it's finding its way onto the internet. And oh. it is... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, pretty, pretty. I don't want to say impressive, but like, if I were their teacher, they would not get away with it. Um, I think my kids only get away. My kids' teachers only let them get away with it because they don't understand the internet. Um, but I would be losing my darn mind. I don't get it. So, to all the moms and dads 
who are listening to this, you are soldiers. Um, we see you. We see you. Uh, I am so blessed that uh, in the last couple of weeks, Jenna's work, his situation has settled. And so she only has to go into the office like once every couple of weeks. So she's working remotely so she can help with the kids stuff. Because the first couple of days, guys, I mean, I can barely run a crew of volunteer writers and podcasters, let alone running a school. I just can't do it. Um, not made out for it. Um, but, I mean, I like to we're think... We're doing that it, though. They were, I mean, of course, we did it. So, um, thank you for all the work that you guys do. Hopefully, um, while the Fire Nation continues to attack, the three of us, or the two of us, uh, on Video Game Week... Uh, will uh, continue to provide you that little bit of distraction that you need while you're on your run. Um, I see you or hear you, Andy Robertson, out in the UK. Um, smile a little bit while you run like 40,000 miles a day because you, you frighten me. Um, everybody else, thank you so much um, for listening to us. Hopefully we'll give you a little bit of an escape. Speaking of escapes... Um, because maybe who wants more content on the internet to participate in? Um, we're all stuck at home. Why not three days a week watch a stream of one of my favorite people on the very planet streaming video games? Um, this podcast is officially sponsored by Ready Player Mom, um, which is Mixer.com slash Ready Player Mom. It's spelled exactly like you think it is. Just just put put it in the, in the URL bar. Um, today you played Civ. <laughs> I you played did. a little Civilization Six. Was very exciting. Yeah. Um, and because we were you, wrecking Teddy Roosevelt, you definitely were That's wrecking we were Teddy doing. Roosevelt with one of your friends from the internet. Um, and if you want to know what that means, just tune in next Wednesday when you're probably going to play more Civ. Mm-hmm. Hundred so, percent playing more Civ. Wednesday is for wrecking Teddy. Wednesday is for wrecking Teddy. Also, because you can't not make content on the internet, um, you also have recently started a business-focused podcast, which may not be relevant to everyone listening, but. Uh, you and one Mike Futter, who have who has been on this show before, do like to go off on tangents while talking about business. So if you want to hear that regularly, um, a little bit, um, then the Virtual Economy Podcast, which by the way is a perfect podcast name for what y'all talk about, even though it's not a virtual economy they talk about, they talk about real stuff. Um, it's very cool. They have guests all the time. Um, and I can tell you with certainty that the guest will never be me. So if you want to hear Amanda and not me, <laughs> then virtual, because the, the reality, and it's not because she doesn't like me, it's not she's trying to escape, no. it's that I'm no. literally of no value on that podcast, because I don't know any of the stuff they want. It's okay, it's okay, I'm an unmitigated hype monster, there's no room for unmitigated hype monsters on the Virtual Economy podcast. So, here we are, several minutes in the podcast, haven't told people what we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to talk about... Um, board games for less than $20 because money is tight for everyone. Um, and so we're going to give you guys some blasts of entertainment board game goodness for under 20 bucks. And if we have enough time, which I suspect we will, assuming I don't go on for 20 minutes about some podcast Amanda's going to do next week or something, uh, we're going to revisit our favorite board games and talk about some of the stuff that we absolutely want to play right now and encourage you guys to message us and tell us some of your favorite board games. But before we do that, we're going to go around the horn. Linda, why don't you start? You have been playing all sorts of really stupid games with your kids intentionally yes. because sometimes you just want to turn off your brain. It's so true. We have no thinking power left at the end of the day for figuring out anything new. So we have pulled out some old favorites that 
of course, two little boys want to play. So the thing that they've gone for is exploding kittens. And that is an oldie but goodie. Um, And it's just, it's so dumb. But they love it. It's light. We, the, the rules take like 30 seconds to learn. And for anybody that hasn't heard of this, which I think there's probably nobody out there that hasn't heard of it, but it's basically an elimination, player elimination. You're going around and you end your turn by drawing a card. And if you draw an exploding kitten and you don't have a diffuse card, you blow up and you're out of the game. That's it. Very basic gameplay. Um, it's by the oatmeal, so the art is really silly. Um, but it is still kid-friendly, at least the regular version. There is a version not safe for work that is not kid-friendly um, at all. <clears throat> um, though the Imploding Kittens expansion, which we have, is kid-friendly, and the kids love the Imploding Kitten as you see it coming up in the deck because they have it. you can see it coming. There's nothing you can do. So it's just, it's just a light, funny, silly game. It takes like 10 to 20 minutes to play. Um, so the four of us are sitting around just trying to blow each other up. And it came down to the last three cards. So Awesome. Amanda, do you have any experience with exploding kittens? I've exploded many kittens in my lifetime. But like in the card game. Yeah, that's what I, well, a, I mean, that I'm, was an assumed. Not a psychopath. I don't, I don't do the, I don't do the, the no. No. I, what I meant the so board yes, game. So yes, I have, I have, I love the board game. The board game is great. I especially like the not safe for work version, but that means I can't play with my kids. Correct. Which sometimes I need to do. Yeah. So I have played a fair amount of exploding kittens myself. Uh, as everyone that listens knows, I love absurdity. I love stupid games, and I'm a pretty big oatmeal fan. I mean, sometimes the stuff that he makes is a little unnecessary, but in general, I think the oatmeal, like it, like on the balance, the oatmeal is a positive force in this universe. Um, and the the fact that he just made a game, and it has been such a wild commercial success, I am. I I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, right? Huge following, simple game. It was cheap. We got the Kickstarter edition that meows at you when you open it. Yeah, um, we did too. And. It's it's still it still meows, uh, even after all these years. So the good news is, oh, it doesn't. Yeah, lost its battery. Oh, well, the kids the kids killed it. But the good news is, it's a Target, and this is another one of those super inexpensive games. So if you happen to be a Target, or it's on Amazon, grab it. It's a this is there's a lot of fun in a very small package with exploding kittens. And if you don't believe me, uh, we do have a review for Exploding Kittens up on EngageFamilyGaming.com. It's actually one of our most trafficked reviews, believe it or not. Uh, second only to Grand Theft Auto V, of all things. I don't know, lots of people want to know if Grand Theft Auto V is good for kids. Spoilers, the answer is no. But um, just thought I'd tell everybody. Um, in case you were curious, it's there. So um, let's see. I'm going to go next. So that's Exploding Kittens. We played fast. Uh, Linda, you just kind of missed out by nature of the fact that we had this game and we're intending to set up a time to play it, and then the Fire Nation attacked. Amanda, have you played Vast? Oh, yes. I've played a lot of Vast. I helped review Vast for Super Parent. Okay. All right. So you're familiar with Vast. So here's what Vast okay. is. Vast is a game where everyone is playing essentially a different game. It is 100% asymmetrical, 
and you can play as a knight or a goblin or a dragon or a bunch of goblins rather or a dragon or literally the cave that you are playing in and so the idea is everybody has their own player board and you have your own kind of goals and objectives and so the knight is exploring the cave, and when the knight is exploring, the person who's playing the cave puts out the, the tiles that make the cave grow. It's absolutely, like, it, when you first set it up, it is a terrifying menagerie of rules and mechanics, and it looks like it's going to be the most impossible thing until you take a turn each. And then you realize that since each of you are playing a different game, you don't all have to collectively learn the same like the same rule set together. So you can kind of move at your own pace. And that was a unexpected benefit. So, because there's a lot of times where you'll be playing a game and everybody has to know the rules at the same time. And everybody has to figure it out together. So, yeah, hidden advantage is the ability to learn at different, kind of at your own pace. So, Amanda... Yeah. What were your thoughts while you were learning this? So you reviewed it. I did. Yes. I mean, Mike did, I. I mean, yes. Did you like it? Is the first yes. question. Absolutely. I, I really like. I came into Vast a little bit late because I played Root first, and Root is like hard mode Vast, and Vast is already hard mode. So that game is. It comes across as extremely complicated. It's challenging to play with little little kids, but. It was hmm. great with Gabriel, and it was great with Paul. So it was just Vivi. Who are Vivi was like, uh, Paul is eleven, going on twelve, and Gabriel is eight, going on nine. So okay. those are my July boys. So anyway, they really enjoyed it because it allowed them to be strategic. They were able to think ahead, be tactical in the decision making that they were doing, and they didn't necessarily have to wait to plan their turn. They could sit there and actively plan it as the game was unfolding, so it was not a whole lot of downtime. You're playing you're playing an asymmetrical game, but it's super cerebral. So you have to sit there and always be watching and always be calculating. Like Vivian, I think, would enjoy it maybe more now that she can read. Um, but before when we were playing it with her, she was she was just an early reader, so it was really hard for her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, think, great game though. It's like it's tons of replayability, especially with the expansions. Yeah, I mean, and I was going to get into that in a, in a moment because they added a bunch of like monsters essentially that you can kind of add into the to the shenanigans. One of the things that I liked particularly about it is that as the turn progresses, everyone who's playing has a turn. Like mm -hmm. everybody has a job. So for yeah. example, on my, you know on the knight's turn, the knight goes first, right? And so the knight kind of determines the shape of the cave in that they decide where they go. So they mm -hmm. determine how things are laid out. So whenever the knight steps onto a tile that has empty spaces around it, then whoever is playing the cave will will draw tiles out of their pile of tiles and place them out. And they know what's on those tiles. And we, as the rest of the players, do not. Uh, there's a dragon who starts underground and can move onto tiles that have not been flipped over, whereas the knight obviously cannot. And so, and everybody has a different win condition. The knight just wants to wake up and escape. Yeah. Whereas, or not the knight, the dragon wants to wake up and escape. The knight needs yes. to defeat the dragon. 
Yes, that's um, his win condition. And the, the cave, cave needs to collapse. Yeah, which is awesome. Because yeah, the, it's really cool. the mechanics of the way the cave works, and it all kind of happens all at once, is the cave only has a certain number of tiles. It can only get so big. And as soon as you deal out the last tile, then the cave switches to caving in to the point where now instead of laying tiles out, you are actually um, removing three tiles a turn. So oh, wow. it looks awesome as that is happening. And it, the, the way the balance is, you know, unless you have one player that's just kind of running away because everybody else is making critical mistakes, like if everybody's just kind of playing at a pretty even level, um, it gets really harrowing, you know. Um, it, and it's not like one mistake will really burn you. You have to be like consistently being <laughs> being bad in order to really fall behind. Um, says me, the guy who was consistently behind because I'm terrible at games. We've talked about this. But... Uh, I uh, this is, we've covered this. We should probably just make it a segment. Steve is bad at games, but the I absolutely loved it. Um, we were fortunate that uh, Leader Games sent us all of it, so we were able to even play with wow. um, not just the wooden or not the wooden uh, the cardboard chits and standees that come with it, but we actually got there's a miniatures expansion that includes yeah. these really awesome miniatures that really add a lot to the game. If you are listening to this and it sounds cool, I would encourage you to look up a playthrough video on YouTube. There are plenty of them. This game is not new. It's been out for you know a handful of years. And you will see what we mean by the idea of this completely asymmetrical gameplay. Realistically, what was interesting is we were all able to we I played the games that we played it was me and Evan and Jenna and so all three of us were able to sit down and learn the game on our own so like I was watching a video where she was reading the rules and Evan was kind of doing a little bit of both and then we all kind of got it to gel together by taking a few turns because again you're learning your game she was the cave so just needed to learn how the cave worked and I had to learn how the night etc so very cool vast is um, something I, I definitely recommend, especially if you have older kids or you're just looking for a new kind of experience. If you haven't played a lot of asymmetrical games before, which unless you've played leader games, you probably haven't played a lot of them, because that's what leader games does, is asymmetrical games. Um, unless you have done so, this is definitely worth a look. And yes, Root is harder, so I recommend Vast. <laughs> root, is, root, kicked, root kicked my butt. More specifically... Um, Viv kicked my butt. A little bit. But that's okay. Small it's bit. fine. It's fine. So that's vast. The Crystal Caverns is what it is called. And so that's around the horn. We only had a couple because we're going to be talking about our board game ideas and thoughts in the topics today. So um, why don't we quick take a break and then we will come back and then we're going to talk about a whole bunch of board games for less than 20 bucks. See you in a minute, folks. Hey everybody, this is Steve, I'm the host. If you like listening to this podcast, you probably like some of our other content too. You can find that all over social media, so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engagedfamilygaming. Perhaps you might like to see some stuff on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash 
E-F-G-A-M-I-N-G. Or maybe you just want to head on over to Instagram and look for Engaged Family Gaming there. See you later, guys. Bye now. Alright everybody, welcome back to episode 215 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. We're still talking about board games. I'm still here, still here with Amanda and Linda. And we are still having a grand old time. Let's get to our the meat and potatoes of this podcast, the topic. We are making suggestions for board games that are less than 20 bucks. Now, th the idea mm -hmm. is lots of people are tight on money because the Fire Nation is attacking. But... The um, but the, we we are not running low on the need for entertainment. So, when people have already you know subscribed to Disney Plus and bought their Xbox Game Pass, let's give them some board game options. Um, so we have an article up on the website which is twelve family board games for less than twenty bucks. But I know that Linda and Amanda have some other suggestions. So I've been talking a lot. Uh, um and. Linda. We'll start with Linda. We'll yes. start with Linda. Sure. Because okay. Amanda and I will go on for hours. <laughs> Linda's the one that keeps us under control. Uh, she is the mistress of magnificence. Um, Absolutely. Linda, what do you got for us? Bring us some heat on this All games right. for under 20 bucks list. So I have one. I know I keep talking about this one. I bring it up a lot because it is one that we love. Sky Joe. And it is a smaller size box. It's just cards but it's got the ability to play up to eight, which is really nice. So a big family can get it. And right now it's on Amazon for $14.99. And it's nice. what's really nice about it is you're, you play in rounds until somebody gets to 100 points. But because it's rounds, if you're playing with younger kids, you can just play one round and be done. Oh, so nice. there's a lot of flexibility to it. We've done it. We played two rounds, and the kids were done. I'm like, okay, we'll just finish the round, and we're done. We don't have to get to 100 points. You know? That's the it's nice flexibility. Um, it's eight and up for a recommendation for age. All it is is every player gets a grid of 16 cards upside or face down, and you are basically trading out cards, and you're trying to get the lowest score. And there are, the numbers range from negative 2 up to 12. And so okay. you can't draw a card and pick a, a card, you don't know what it is, to substitute. And if you flip it over and it's a higher value, then, you know, you're having to make these decisions about what you can do with it. And you're just trying to get rid of those higher value cards. And what's cool is they actually color code them. And the more desirable cards are blue and then they are green, and then they're yellow, and then orange and red as they get less desirable. So it actually gives a little visual of the desirability. It's a really basic game, but we love it. Um, it's been one that I've brought to parties, and the couple kids that know how to play it will grab it and scurry off and go set up a game. So it's for a very simple game, and it's got a little math to it, which is a nice little bonus. But it's just simple, easy, and they can just go play and have fun. I love it. So, not too thinky either, which is nice. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, because right now, man, none of yeah, us, no. we don't want to think. None of us have the bandwidth. We just don't have it. We do not. So, um, I'll go with another one. 
for a game that really, speaking of not having enough bandwidth, okay, I want to talk about um, Happy Salmon and Funky Chicken. Um, Happy Salmon and Funky Chicken are two of the dumbest board games, or they're card games, that you will ever play. However, they are playable at almost all ages, and they are forcing you to get up and move around. The, I know, I don't know about you guys, but I am sitting more of my day than I am not. And that is saying something, considering I am a video game player by trade, <laughs> right? Like, I go to an office and I sit in front of a computer and then I come home and I sit in front of a computer for my other job and then my recreation, you guessed it, is sitting in front of a computer. So, um, I've been sitting a lot. And so, um, Happy Salmon and Funky Chicken are two games that force you to get up because you have to stand around a table, you have to play, play out these cards, and the idea is you will play, you have a hand of eight cards and you play out a card and if yours matches someone else's, then you do the move, and then you both discard the card, and then you move on. And the idea is you want to be the first person to discard. So you're trying to find, like, all these matches. So, it, for example, both of them have, like, a signature move that is incredibly stupid. So, for example, with Funky Chicken, you got to get funky, which is you got to do the chicken dance, more or less, but you got to do it in a funky way. Um, and Happy Salmon is... You know, you, you gotta basically you slap each other's elbows, <laughs> so it sounds like two sa salmon trying to s swim upstream. It is so dumb. Obviously, it does require contact, so you must play it with people who you are socially isolating with. Otherwise, the Fire Nation gets uppity. But uh, these are two inexpensive games. Uh, we try. We've talked about this before. We've tried to combine them. It doesn't really work super well, but they are fun, and they also come in a box or a bag, rather, that is shaped like a chicken or a salmon, respectively. And that is probably my favorite part. Have you seen the bag for Funky Chicken, Amanda? Oh, I sure have. I mean, we know that Linda has, because Linda and I have, have played this game. It's true. Um, tell me, I may have videotaped the mashup. She videotaped, they asked us to do the mashup, and so she videoed it, and we sent it over to them. This is... Uh, so, I mean... Can we agree that these are among the stupidest, most fun activity slash games on Earth? They're, they're fantastic. I mean, they're just exactly what we need right now. Light, stupid, and it gets you up and moving. Because you're right, we're, we're sitting way too much. Yes, absolutely. You know? um, and both of them, if you get two copies of Funky Chicken or two copies of Happy Salmon, you can play up to eight players. Now that oh, breaks well, the helpful in my family. Yes, two copies of it. So the key is you got to get the green fish and the blue fish. Okay. Because the the actual games themselves are not different, but the green and the blue fish have different colors inside, so you can have the different colored cards. So you have up to eight players. Um, absolutely love these games. So Linda had Sky Joe. I had Happy Salmon and Funky Chicken. Amanda, what kind of cheap heat are you bringing to the table? I am bringing Cat Lady to the table. Cat Lady. Cat Lady. Listen to AEG. Yeah, listen, I love me some AEG. Alderac has always been good to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is not why I am plugging Cat Lady. Cat Lady is 
stupid fun. This game has no business being as fun as it is. I don't even really like cats. I love this game. I have played this game so much. So the aim of the game is you gotta, you, you, you gotta, you gotta rescue cats, and you gotta recruit cats, and you gotta feed your cats. And so you go through the game, and you're like, all right, well, I am going to take my little my little cat token, and I'm gonna hang, and my cat's gonna go here, and it's gonna take this whole row, or it's gonna take this whole column, and that's all the food that I have, and I'm gonna distribute it among all of my various cats. Now, at the end of the game, any cats that you can't feed, they run away. It's not that anybody dies, no one dies. But the cats run away. They're like, all right, peace out, we're out of here. You know, we're not staying. You can't take care of us, so, like, peace for cats. Because um, dogs wouldn't do that. Dogs would be like, okay, but are you feeding me tomorrow? <laughs> I'll stay, but I just need to know if you're feeding me tomorrow. But also, I love you. Cats don't do that. No. So, so anyway, at the end of the game, you got to make sure that you got all your cats fed. If you have too much food, you lose, uh, you lose points as well, because it's like, well, you're wasting food now. And then on top of that, there are some extra bonuses that you can get for getting special kinds of cats, for being able to collect like three different costumes for your cats, or three different toys for your cats, or three different uh, unique items for your cats, I think. It's been a little while since I've played the game, but I've played this game a lot. This game, for under 10 bucks, it's not just under $20, it's under $10 on Amazon. I just checked it. This game Overachiever. Is... That's what I'm here for. If it's any consolation, I also have a $25 game on my list, so... You're just a rule breaker. You're a rule breaker. That's what I do. That's what I do. Is that why you invited me to come and podcast with you? Because I am a, and I'm, an, I'm an incurable rebel? Yes. There's that. Perfect. There's that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Cat Lady is rad. And it's super replayable. It's one of those highly joyful kinds of games where you're like, why do I like this game? Why? It's not even... This shouldn't be a good game, but it's so joyful. It's so enjoyable. And it's so replayable. Um, and ridiculously approachable. So, there we go. That's Cat Lady. for under 10 bucks by AEG. Nice. Alright, Linda, what else you got? Alright, I have a game right game. This game goes to 11. Sure. So... This is one that we got and then brought on vacation last year and just absolutely loved it and played it a whole bunch. Um, basically, the idea is it's got a very light uh, rock and roll theme. I believe the band there inspired by a spinal tap. And you're trying to get the pile of cards to exactly 11. And if you can get it to 11, you hand it to another player because the goal is to have the lowest, another one we want the lowest score but it's a little bit of push your luck with the cards you're putting down. And if you exceed 11, you get stuck with the pile. So really, really light. The cards go from zero, which is the quiet librarian, up to 11, which is the rock star. And you're just trying to get that pile exactly to 11. So really simple, really easy. Another one that it's, you know, just a fun theme. Um, and it's right now um, on Amazon for, I just had it right now. Twelve ninety nine. It'd be perfect at eleven dollars, but they have it at twelve ninety nine. And wouldn't that be great if it was at eleven bucks? That would be fantastic. It really right. would be. But oh. yeah, and there's one other cool little feature on it. 
Um, okay. It comes with a guitar pick, and the there's a one variation you can do is that you pass the guitar pick around. So if somebody exceeds the eleven or gets the pile to eleven, the guitar pick determines who it goes to. So there's two ways you can play. Either the person who gets to eleven just picks anybody at random, mm -hmm. um, or they can do it strategically. Or you can use the guitar pick so it is like it's your turn to get the pile next and then when you get it it passes so it makes it a little bit more random on who gets it so you're not gonna all gang up on somebody i like that that's a just nice another way to cool. yeah depending on like if you've got kids that might not do well if you know their brother can keep sticking them with the pile if it's randomized then it's not quite the same tone big fan of that big fan yeah. of that i can't imagine why you would like that linda I can't Not, imagine why the. I can't imagine why you would have liked that particular uh, mechanic. Okay, so I know we say we don't have any bandwidth as a population. However, I got one that is inexpensive, but a little bit a thinkier, but absolutely worth it. Um, what would y'all say if I threw King Domino into the ring? Ooh. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. And that's not super thinky. I mean, it's okay. like little thinky. It's, it's light thinky. It's more thinky than exploding kittens and happy salmon. Yes, but okay. not much is less thinky than those. Yeah, exactly. But that, that's what I mean. Thank you. Um, so, all right, King Domino <laughs> is it's a tile laying game um, where you are laying down, essentially laying down special custom dominoes. And the idea is you are trying to build a square kingdom where... You, you are placing these tiles and trying to make contiguous biomes. Now, those are $5 words. I get it. But the idea is, on each of these dominoes, instead of numbers, there's like swamps and mines and forests and plains, etc. And so the idea is you want to connect all the mines together and connect all the forests, etc. to earn points. And then you get bonus points if you make it a perfect square and use all your tiles. This is... A very cool game. The best piece is you can teach it in less than five minutes. Like, this is so easy. It's very tactile. I particularly love tile laying games. It's one of my favorite mechanics. And it's this a is a good mechanic. Right? And I, I love how satisfying it is picking up the pieces and putting them down. The art mm -hmm. is gorgeous. There are, and this is one of those games that you can get while it's inexpensive because it's less than 20 bucks. And then there are some expansions. There's Queen Domino, which you can even add to it. Um, mm -hmm. And those are things you can do later if you decide that you like it. But trust me, you're going to like it. This game is great. I recommend uh, this going into everyone's board game collection. This is an award-winning game. This is not just some, some joke that I'm bringing out here. This is, uh, it, was a, it was a Spiel des Jahres winner <laughs> the year that it came out. So there is some real meat here. I say it's a little thinky because when you're putting things down, you kind of want to make sure you make the right decision. But you're right. It's not, we're not playing Twilight Struggle, right? Uh, although I don't know that I want to play Twilight Struggle right now. It's a little heavy. Um, but this is a, uh, this is a great addition to your collection. It's a small box. Everything about this is cool. So that is... King Domino, one of my favorite games of all time. And it's less than 20 bucks. When I checked that, I was like, no way is it under $20. And in fact, it is. Uh, Amanda. Yes. What do you got for me? Well, 
I was going to talk about One Night Ultimate Werewolf, but it's over $20. So instead, I will pull out my daughter's very favorite game, which is a game right game called Trash Pandas. Trash Pandas. Trash Pandas, which is also under 10 bucks right now. I had no idea. I I think it was like a $15 game uh, MSRP. So this game, we've talked about Trash Pandas at least three times. At least. I talk about this game all the time because this is the game that my littlest is just completely enamored with. She is a total shark at this game. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what strategy is. What are tactics? Yeah, okay. Well, Vivian is going to school you in this game. This is what she does. So anyway, aim of the game. If you've never heard me talk about Trash Madness before, which, what? <laughs> it's like saying that you've never heard me talk about Noctiluca before. It's No, I, I've talked about Noctiluca consistently for almost a year. So, Trash Madness. Aim of the game. You need trash. You are a raccoon, and you are gathering trash so you can put it into your collection you roll a dice, and you can do the thing that's on the dice, and as long as you don't roll doubles, you will keep pressing your luck. So this is a press-your-luck, screw-your-friends kind of game, so it's not super pro-social, but it is hilarious. Just don't pit your get- kids against each other. It's two-player, I think, right? Um, I think it's two-player. Let me double-check. I think it's more than that. I've only ever played it two-player with Vivi, so I might be totally out of my mind, which, you know, I it's two to four players. Okay. Yeah. So the internet check. will help us. The internet always helps. Well, not always, but the internet often helps me. Um, what I do love about this game is that it does have a deeper level of strategy to it. It is accessible. It's, it's like it's easy to learn, but it's hard to master because it's a push-your-luck game and it requires a certain amount of luck on top of strategy and on top of being willing to screw your friends over. So this is this is a very game right kind of game. It's very sushi go as well. You're collecting sets of things and and everything like that. So yeah. Trash Man is under ten bucks. I'm like I'm nailing the theme today, man. Cheap, good when in doubt, game right. Um their stuff is pretty right. good. Okay, Linda, what do you got next? That's a really good addition. Uh Trash Pandas is great. Trash Pandas is really great. So I have something a little different flavor. Um, I've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, Fox in the Forest. Okay. Yes. Very good. This is a great one. It is the only thing is it's only a two-player game. But with everything going on, it's nice if you just want to sit down, just the two adults, or just special time with one child. It, it can give you that little quiet time just with two of you. So this is a trick-taking game it's got a fairy tale theme beautiful beautiful artwork um it's from renegade game studios and it's been out for a bit this is nothing not not brand new um but it's so cool it's got uh with their cards it's one to eleven on the cards and the odd number cards have special abilities on them and the even number cards are just the plain number um the a cool twist with it is that you're trying to win these tricks, but it's a cost benefit. If you don't win very many, if you're three or less, then you're getting more points 
and again, I seem to be doing a theme today that the object is a lower score mm-hmm. versus a higher score. Um, so for the third game in a row, you're trying not to get these higher scores and be greedy. So if you have not enough tricks, that's a problem. If you have too many, then it's also a problem. It's also a problem. It's, so it's interesting. Zero to three, you're earning six points. Whereas if you're four and you're being a little bit more, you know, restrained, it's only one point you're getting. Five is only two points you're getting. You get up to nine tricks. Now you're getting six points again. Um, so it's really interesting that you want to win these hands, but you need to not win too many. Mm-hmm. So there's there's more strategy with it than some other trick-taking games, um, like Setback. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Setback definitely has its own strategy, but there's like a different layer to it. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is one. Game. It really is. And it's so simple. I mean, if you understand a trick-taking mechanic, you can learn this game in like five minutes. It's very, very straightforward. And even if you're not familiar with trick-taking games, they, they're very simple. It's just who's setting what the value is that you're going for, the kind of card, and you're just trying to match that. And I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yes, absolutely. And this game is a game that my, my littlest has been playing since she was six. And she's going on eight this year. So wow. yeah, so she loves this game. She's, that's what I said. As long as she doesn't have to read, she's amazing with tactics and strategy. That oh, that girl sure. will, that girl will just sweep the floor with the competition. I'm telling you, she's my kid. It's true. Apple meat tree. Apple meat tree. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I have never played Fox in the Forest, and realistically, I don't know that I've ever. This is going to sound crazy. Is I can't remember the last time I played a trick taking game. Have I played one, and I'm just forgetting it, Linda? I don't think I have. No, I don't. I've only played this one, and honestly, the one that I know the best is the old school game of setback because that's a family favorite. Yeah, the extended family absolutely loves setback, so I know the trick taking mechanic from that. Um, The only other one you've have you played Indulgence? Yes. Did you ever? Because that is a trick taking. Okay. All right. So maybe I'm just so I'm just dumb. It's cool. We got it. That's not a mechanic you see as commonly. Yeah. No, it's not. All right. So uh, my turn again, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Here we go. Um, all right. I got one. What about code names, ladies? Yes. So fun. Code names is, um, it's like the de facto party game, right? Like, it is, uh, if for nothing else, because you really can... As long as you have two people on a side, you really can just have it two versus many. You can have entire rooms versus each other. Uh, this is a this game's been out for a very long time. It's fifteen bucks on Amazon right now, which is outright robbery. But if you want to get fancy, they have Harry Potter code names and Simpsons code names and Marvel code names and all sorts of other themed code names. Um, and the idea is you are putting out a a tableau of cards, an array of cards, and the you are spies trying to communicate codes to each other. And so if I am the... And I, as the clue giver, will know where the spies are and where the double agents are. And so I have to give you 
a one-word clue that will point you to as many cards on the board as possible. So I want to be as general as I can, but I need to also be specific so that you know what I'm saying, but also I have mm -hmm. to say stuff that you can't misinterpret and accidentally hit one of the secret agents. So let's say an awful coincidence is if there was like cat and bunny and puppy on the board and cat was a double agent. I would have to somehow find a way to give you a clue to dog and bunny without you saying a kitten. Because if you say a kitten, game over. Mm -hmm. So it is very it's it sounds super thinky but it's really not this is more just kind of word associations there's picture versions of this which actually are kind of interesting um yeah. that's the one we introduced vivi to when yeah. when she was a pre-reader yeah and most i think a lot of the uh like the themed ones like simpsons and harry potter and marvel have a lot of pictures in there too one thing that is mm -hmm. worth mentioning is because a lot of people are going to think marvel and think mcu it is worth mentioning that the marvel one while out there, it's very comics heavy. So, just you're not if you are only familiar with the MCO, the MCU, there's going to be characters that you have no idea who they are. Uh, just, just uh, you know, keep just you know, unless you're down with who Kang the Conqueror is, just keep that one in mind. But uh, so, code names. I think it's a great addition. I think everybody should have it on their shelf because you can pull it out and teach it quickly, and you could have a room of 25 people playing this. True. With one copy of the game. You can't really do that with a lot of stuff. Nope. It's true. All right. Amanda, what do you got? One more. All right. My one more. Okay. So since I have been such, such a good girl and I have stayed under $10 for these previous games, I'm going to kick us up just a little over 20 because I really do want to talk about One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Okay. This game is, it's sitting at $24.95. You can pick it up at Target. You can pick it up at Amazon. You can wait for a sale. That is A-OK. -okay. Also, Target is doing a ton of sales right now where they're doing like 30% off board games. Mm -hmm. And you can just drive up to the store and pick it up and they'll just put it in your car. And mm -hmm. away you go. Or you can get it shipped to your house. So, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. The conceit behind One Night Ultimate Werewolf is, I don't know what Americans called it, but I remember it's... I, like when I when I think about some of my earliest childhood memories when I was in elementary school in British Columbia, I played this game called Heads Up Seven Up. And Oh, we have the same yeah, that's what we call it. Is that what you guys seven call up. it too? Seven up, yeah. Seven up. seven up. Okay, okay, awesome. So anyway, seven up. I'm pretty sure that everybody knows what the conceit for seven up is. Right? So this is a very social deduction version of seven up because you are looking for the person who is hunting you. You don't know that they're hunting you, but they are hunting you. Because you have at least one werewolf, and you have a bunch of other people that are playing a bunch of other um, randomly, essentially randomly assigned jobs. Mm -hmm. And you can play this with an app. And this is one of the really cool things, is that you don't have to really understand the rules yet. You just get the app to lead you. So you, you put the app on, the app's like, all right, everyone heads, you know, like eyes closed, heads down, whatever. And then the werewolf wakes up. And the werewolf looks around at all of its prey. And if there's another werewolf, the werewolves exchange knowing glances. There's no talking, obviously. So then the werewolves put their heads down. And then, you know, the other jobs that are, it's relevant to know who that person is. 
you know, they put their heads up and they acknowledge each other. And, you know, cause they're like, oh, I see you. You're my ally for sure. I know not to accuse you of being the werewolf. And then, you know, there's a bunch of different roles. It's, it can get super complicated, but at its basis level, it's, you're trying to find the werewolf. And it takes about five to 10 minutes to play One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And it is super cool. It's super fun. It's very atmospheric. And like I said, if you just throw on the free app, the app guides you through the entire game right up until it's everyone wake up. And then you start deducing and you start arguing and are rationalizing and being like, no, you're the werewolf. No, you're the werewolf. And it's just, it, it just devolves into this total mess, this chaos, but it's usually with laughter and joy. And, you know, it turns out that the person that you thought was the werewolf turned out to just be like a lowly villager, didn't even really have a role to begin with. And the other person who has been saying nothing is the werewolf and that's usually my mother my mother's almost always the werewolf or you know the person that's going to murder you at the end of the game (laughs) and no one suspects her because she's a very kind face they're like oh no yvonne no she's no no she's cold-blooded killer in these kinds of games man she will she will end you she will get you she will be that werewolf and she will eat your face so that's one night ultimate werewolf it's really that game fun. Is so fun. It's it is so, so much fun. fun. I want to. Okay, what's your favorite, favorite role, the favorite job that you have played with in One Night Ultimate Werewolf? Oh goodness. See, I've only played it. I only got to play it once, and I was the werewolf, <gasps> which was so fun. Ooh. And they did get me. Great. Oh, they didn't get you. They oh, didn't get me. One. I did. It was awesome. That's awesome. That is very cool. Steve, do you have any? Do you have any experience with One Night Ultimate or um, Werewolf? So the problem that I have with these kinds of social deduction games is I am a very terrible liar. Oh, I am too. Awful. So um, I tend to avoid them. But... I do too. This is my only exception. My only exception. I don't okay. make exceptions for any other social deduction games. I don't like playing games like like Secret Hitler. Like They just don't work for me. But I love One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Okay, well, how about this? You'll come down here, or up up here. It's up here, I think. You'll come yeah. up here, and we'll play. Thank you for helping me with my geography. You help me with everything. That's um, what I'm here for. You, you can come up north, and you can teach me. Okay, sounds good. So, that's a lot of games, guys. So many. It is a lot. So, so many. There's, and, and there are really so many. We have more on the list. There's a list on EngageFamilyGaming.com that has about a half dozen more games that we didn't even talk about. Mm-hmm. Games like Zombie Dice and Dragonwood. Forbidden so Island. Good. Forbidden Island, which is also such a good game. I really think cooperative games are a really good idea. Uh, to, and maybe we'll talk about that on next board game podcast, the value of cooperative games. Because I think right now, we all just kind of got to work together. I don't know if you saw the article Tim Leacock wrote. He's the designer of Pandemic. He wrote an article on about pandemic for the New York Times. And he talked about uh, he talked about the real value behind the pandemic board game because a lot of people are like, oh, do I play it? Yes, you do play it. And part of that is the idea that no one person can win. 
And I really think that's super important with cooperative games. Like, we all win together. And I think that's a really important lesson for us all to learn. So maybe we'll talk about that next board game podcast. I so, love it. So that is our board games for less than $20. Except for One Night Ultimate Werewolf because... Amanda cheats, but that's okay. Rebel. You know what though? You can still get that on sale because I did not pay twenty five dollars when I got my copy. I paid like ten. So just watch the sales. I'll let it go. Sales and and make sure that you're watching Target, especially their thirty to forty percent off board games is fairly consistent. Okay, I'll let it go this time. (laughs) This time and next time, and probably next time. Uh, What can I say? Uh, Amanda just basically can do whatever she wants. So, one more topic, and this one was more just for fun. We're going to revisit our favorite board game. So, each of us, we're going to go around the table, and we're going to talk about our favorite game. The one that we really want to bring to the table, like, right now, you know, for whatever reason. Um, We talked about comfort food games the last board game podcast, right? The idea of just having these games that are just warm, and they give you that special feeling. These are the games that we just OMG love. I'm going to go first, just so I can get it out of the way. I want to talk about Saikatsu, because Saikatsu is really, really good, and I need to play it. And I think part of the reason I need to play it is because I really like to play it with my mom, and I can't play it with her right now, because we are socially distancing. But Saikatsu is a tile-laying game where you are placing tiles of birds on a pond, and it is absolutely gorgeous. It's a... perfectly balanced three-player game and every game it comes down to you know like 10 victory points next to each other i absolutely love saikatsu linda has played saikatsu with me yes yes i have you were the reason it's sitting on my shelf yes man it's so pretty it's so good it's better than it has any right to be i remember linda you were with me at ct fig when they were when they first busted out the board and we were off doing something else. I forget what we were doing. We were playing that terrible pinball game or something. And something. They, we came around and saw it and like. And just, we had we just stopped dead in our tracks, and I knew from that very moment that we had to have it. And now we both do. Uh, Amanda, have you ever played Saikatsu? I have not. This is a brand new game to me. Listen, so it's a three-player game. So when you come up, we'll play Saikatsu. It'll be okay. Awesome. So that's my favorite game right now. And it will change because I'm an unmitigated hype monster. Also, I can do whatever I want. So That's right. uh, Amanda. I had Linda go first last time. Amanda, what is your favorite board game? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so like you, I'm also an unmitigated hype monster. Can't Mm -hmm. stop this. Um, So it changes... A lot that's from okay. year to year, from there month are no to cops. month. If you no, change no day to day, there are no cops. It's mm-hmm. true. It's true. No one's policing me right now. So one of the like, if I'm if I'm trying just to keep this to kiddo friendly or whatever, if I'm not looking at like what my favorite favorite game is, I would have to say that my my game of the moment right now is Marvel Champions. Ooh. So yeah, Marvel Champions Ooh. is rad. It okay. is a ton of fun. It is a two-player co-op card game where you play as a, a superhero of some kind. I've only played as Captain Marvel, as um, obviously, because like she's amazing and I love her power deck. 
it's it's one of those games where it's a deck building game but it's not because you already got your deck there but you're you're building it you know hand by hand and you're trying to take down this bad guy you're having to deal with with like these side quests and these villain these side villains and you're have to, having to deal with intrigue on top of it. Like, I don't want to go into the mechanics because it's quite complicated. But it is, it's such an enjoyable game. Like, it is far more intuitive than I originally thought it was going to be because the rules are kind of obtuse. That's why I don't want to get into them because it's so much easier to just show you how to play the game versus me sitting here and just being like, yeah, this is how the game works. No, no, sit down at the table and you got to get a demo of this. As soon as you can get into your friendly, your friendly local game store, as soon as we are done dealing with this pandemic, you definitely um, need to get me, a demo. Excuse me, the, the Fire Nation. I'm sorry, Fire Nation. the Fire Nation. Once the Fire Nation is done attacking us and we reunite as a people, as peoples of the yeah. world, I can stop being isolated as the Southern Water Tribe and I can be reunited with my Northern Water Tribe. Um... See, it works. It does. Totally does work. Being a an expat Canadian, uh, but yeah. So that's that's my real that's my love right now, and that's the game I'm most excited to get to the table that I'm actually able to talk about, and it not being a very old Eric Lane game <laughs> that is no longer in print. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There are plenty of those. All right. Um, real question about Marvel Champions is Vision. Yes. I actually don't know. All right, well, it's a no for me, dog. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, you have a phone, and you have Mike's phone number, so just text Mike and ask him, because he, know, he knows better than I do. I just show up and play the game. He actually, like, obsesses about the game. I mean, yeah, you're right. I could, but it's fine. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll ask him later. It does sound great, and obviously I, it's, in, it's, it's 100% so on brand for me. I just don't oh, yeah. have it yet. So no, no, it's great. When when you come back down for another visit, we'll do we'll do we'll a play. Re, yeah, we'll play. Yeah. We'll definitely definitely play. Sure, absolutely. So, Linda, we made you go last, but that's okay. That's all right. I was weighing my different choices because I'm like, oh, I like this one, but I like this one, but what about this one? Yep, you got to pick one. Your I favorite, one. I guess, of the moment. So of the moment, I wasn't thinking this one at first but I've been pulling games out of the cabinets to try to put recommendations together and some different articles together. And there's one I pulled out and I haven't put it back because I want to make the family play it like this week. And that is Splendor. <gasps> Splendor's so good. So I realized when oh. I was doing some work on one of the articles, I've played Splendor before, but never my own copy. The cards were still in shrink wrap. Huh. So, wow. so that's one that I might, I have played the app of it um, more recently than the actual physical game. I have too. That game is so awesome. The app version is oh, amazing. It moves, moves yeah. like this, man. No it's... downtime, just go. Yeah, no, I love it as an app, but I want to teach it to my kids because they've never played it. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to pick right up on it because it's not super complicated, you know, and it's a cool, you know, like light engine building feel to it, you know, with the card drafting engine building. It's got a couple neat elements, but it's not super hard and super crazy. 
It is. It's so much fun. The, again, that's another game that's like comfort food for the little ones. They love Splendor. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Plays great among mixed ages. And there's something so satisfying about those tiles. Not the tiles, the, the chips. The token. The to- yeah. Oh, man, those chips. I can play with those by themselves. Oh, they are awesome. Yeah, they're absolutely. Okay, so that's it. So, so right now, and we're we're gonna have to do this again, obviously. Um, so our favorite. Did you know, by the way, there's an expansion for Splendor, Linda? I did see that. I haven't had any experience with it, but I did see that there's something out there. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. Um, we have time. We do. We Lord knows we have time. So. Right now, revisiting our favorites, it is the favorite of the moment, I guess, is yes. the adapted version of this particular game. Uh, it is Saikatsu for me, Marvel Champions for Amanda, and Splendor for Linda. Listen, if someone told me they went and picked up those three games all at once, I would say you got a weekend of fun right ahead of you with three very, very good board games. So, so true. Um, Amanda and Linda, would you believe it if I told you that that was episode 215 of the Engaged Family Gaming wow. Podcast? Holy crap. We did it again. We did we it did again. It. True. Wow. So everybody, thank you for listening once again to myself and Amanda and Linda talk about board games. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as the three of us enjoyed recording, which was quite a bit. So we'll be back next week for video games where Amanda and I will, we, we're not going to be screaming about Animal Crossing uh, as much. Uh, I, but a, a little. little. A little bit of that. Uh, spoilers, I resubscribed to World of Warcraft. So boy, are we going to talk about that. And oh boy, buckle up. I guess we're talking about MMOs. Buckle up because we're going to talk about some MMOs. And um, oh also the value of community uh, in the face of the Fire Nation attacking. Because that's really what the moral of that story is. And we might even have a guest. Uh, we're still working on that. So, everybody, you know the drill. I have one favor to ask. Everybody knows somebody. And that somebody is home right now. So, uh, talk to them. And get somebody else to listen to this show. And, you know, we're giving some advice, so maybe share this into, into that mom Facebook group that you're in or that dad Facebook group, group you're in. Put it in a text chat to your friends. I'm not really... Whatever you're using to keep sane, just throw this in there because uh, we would love more downloads because more downloads means bigger numbers, which means more guests, etc., etc., etc. You know the drill. Everybody, Linda and Amanda, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We great. need to do this every week, and thankfully we do. So, everybody, you have a great night. We will be back next time for video games. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.